This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker-Geist, and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process in discussions between the authors, narrators, producers, and post-production teams that bring them all together, as well as guests who have listened to the audiobooks and have questions for the creative teams. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hi, I'm Becky Parker-Geist. I'm the host of the Audiobook Connection podcast, Behind the Scenes with the Creative Teams. I'm also president of Bay Area Independent Publishers Association and the CEO of Pro Audio Voices, providing audiobook production, distribution, marketing, and podcasting services. And I am so happy to have with me today Charles Brakefield and Rox Berkey, authors of the awesome thrillers in the Enigma series. And we're going to hear a lot more about Rox and Charles and their books as we dive in. But I want to welcome you, Rox and Charles. Oh, Becky, thank you so much. We're honored to be here. Yeah. You I, are just a kind of a guiding light for us. Thank you. I didn't realize how important you were until I heard all your, your accolades. I mean, good grief. I'm <laughs> like, I need to go to a happy place now because now I'm, I'm, I'm intimidated. Okay. So, uh, Oh, no, no, don't be intimidated, because I'm about to ask you about what you guys do, which is mind-blowing. I've read some, read your bios, and, and of course, we've known each other for some time now, but I know you both work in technology. Could you share a little bit more about what that is that you do day-to-day in your, your day jobs? And then... I'm going to, so, and then just to give you a heads up, then I'm going to hear about how that plays into your writing. So, Charles, why don't you get us started in terms of what you do? What I heard you say, you wanted me to do that voodoo that I do so well. Okay. God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so, um, you know, I'm uh, 25 years worth of uh, technology. They usually throw me at the stuff that everybody goes, looks too hard. Send Charles in. So, I get to play on all the stuff that's broken. I get to look at all the stuff that's like, it should have worked. What's wrong with this picture? That's who I am. I solve puzzles in the technology world. And um, it usually entails voice and data infrastructure. And um, uh, one of the other people I was working with uh, sent me a note. Um, he said, geez, we miss you. Is there any way we can get you back? I said, not cheap, but I can't be had. Okay. Well, <laughs> Well, I, I love puzzles, uh, jigsaw puzzles and other kinds of puzzles, but I th suspect, actually, I know for sure, the kinds of puzzles that you're solving are way beyond my understanding. But let's hear from you, Rox. What are you up to during the your day job? And thank you, Becky. I appreciate that. So I actually focus specifically on customer experience. So technology is so big in our lives. It's big in personal. It's big in business. It's big in everywhere we go. So I help businesses primarily 
focus those technology experiences to drive positive outcomes with people. So when people go to shop, they actually get a positive experience. It's frictionless. That's a very important aspect for people, whether they're a small store or they're a gargantuan brand, it doesn't matter. People want an experience that's memorable and positive. And if it's negative, they'll never come back. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So now that your thrillers, and I'm only, I've only gotten started in the series, so I can't, you know, I have to be honest up front. I haven't gotten through the whole series yet, but I'm getting there. And I would love to hear from your perspective, like how does your work play into your writing? Tell us about that relationship. So a good point. A nice structured question to be able to say, well, where are you getting these ideas? Okay. (laughs) And it's a conveyor belt. It shows up unannounced. I get it, you know, day in, day out. We we see uh, technical threats. We see uh, here's the newest, greatest thing. And we start analyzing it and we say, did you think about this? Did you, you know, here's the target attack vector that you didn't spot. We've seen some technology that we've actually um, say, well, what if you did this and we take it to the next level? And uh, the spooky part is seeing some of the stuff that we speculate on. Yeah. True. That's one part. So, you know, we have a tagline, Becky, that we set years ago and it's still very true. Technology is today's weapon of choice. Mm. And so people get hacked, they get compromised, they invest too much personally without checking for guardrails. And when you do that, things go so fast in our digital world today. So you make mistakes that can't be recovered from. You have no choice. So you have to be very mindful when you have no guardrails. Are you taking the right path? I have an example actually aimed at me. I got, this this is a true story, Uh, I got a, a, a text message most unusual from the CEO of my company. He's like, quick, Charles, like, oh, how does he know my name? I mean, I, I don't hang out with the CEO of this, uh, of this, mm. you know, uh, 25 million, billion dollar company. And it said, um, I'm entertaining some people. I need you to go downstairs or go, go by and pick up a whole bunch, a whole flock of like 30 or 40 hundred dollar gift cards from Apple, for Apple gift cards, so I can, I can hand them out to the people that are that are here at the, at the show. And he, and he signed his name. I won't, I won't put his name in there because, like, uh, OMG. I'm like, I'm looking at this like, what a great con. This is exactly the kind of thing that people will go, uh, well, how do you get my name? So they got into the system. They got the information. They got my phone number, which was private, not the corporate one. Huh. And so it was like, it was a con. And so I had so much fun, you know, fencing with the people. They probably got, they probably got mad. I'm not talking to this <laughs> character again. Cause I said, Hey, look, I, I, I'd love to, but the, what's an Apple card? And then he went, well, it, it, just go to the, go to the, the, the station and, the, 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 and buy some. I said, well, I can't because they got me under house arrest and uh, the police were like, so if you can get, if you can call and let them, let them, let me out. And I'm like, that was the last I heard from him. Uh, so. <laughs> Part of it is the uh, the expediency. I got to have it right now. And I get some plausible information that you might swallow. You do this enough times and you get 
positive results. There's actually somebody that uh, in uh, in the UK, it was the finance officer. He was duped into believing the CEO had said, I'm trying to cut a deal. I need a check for 25,000 pounds. Count now. And uh, the guy goes, this looks legit. And he did it. They were fleeced for the 25,000 pounds. I'm not sure what, what his job status is now. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally understanding <laughs> what the status is now. But the thing is, now, when you see something that has a sense of urgency, must yeah. do now, they have mm-hmm. a fragment of something that is believable. If you mm-hmm. hover over like an email address or anything like that, and it doesn't track well, then the odds are mm-hmm. you're being duped. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. but you know, we're so trusting, you know, we're raised as a bunch of really trusting kind of people. Everybody mm-hmm. has good in them, except the hackers. They got no good. <laughs> no good. So these real stories show up, they percolate in our minds and we use them liberally, uh, conservatively, mm-hmm. take your pick into the, the story generations. And that's, that's where we get the, the story content. And that leads us to the uh, the audibles, where it's like, um, you know, we got somebody that, uh, or Derek Scholl's voice actor, he loves the, some of the characters. And there's one character who said, okay, all right, guys, promise me, promise me, if this goes to about film, the, the silver screen, let me have the Ichabod character. I, I, I'll, I'll do anything. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, I could understand that argument. And so... Just to kind of also get a get a clear idea, sorry, get where your content is coming from. Now, how did this all how did this all begin? This partnership of writing fiction based on this uh, these technology uh, what was it, the technology food that's coming your way. How did it get started? It's a great question, Becky. So originally, when we got started, we actually co-authored several different nonfiction books. Technology books on what could happen. Well, you know, technology is old 10 minutes after it's published. And, right. you know, the how-to book is done. You got to go have 25 updates to do it. And and so part of the fun is that we have all of these different capabilities of technology. But yeah. someone who is being unethical or evil or whatever label you want to put on it, they'll make it stand on its head. So ransomware. I'm sure you've never heard of that. Uh, cryptocurrency, <laughs> not a buzzword today. Artificial intelligence. So, you know, when things are focused that way, so we take one threat mm-hmm. and we say, okay, here's our threat. What could someone have happened to them that they'd have to deal with this threat and how capable are they of dealing with it? And that's where the yeah. good guys in our series come to. Yeah. And the, the big thing is, and I'll, I'll, this this is a, a everybody who's in the tech wall technology world for security always they always know that the bad guys are ahead of the game all the time they got nothing else to do you know they want to be able to right. get the network and um, they'll go on routines for hours days weeks looking for that one vulnerability and what one mistake is all they need to capitalize and penetration into your network and then hibernate there collecting information shipping it back to the mothership. It's a cat and mouse game and the bad guys are always ahead. So the good guys are always playing catch up. 
Okay. It's it's not not something we've invented. It's just something we've seen real time in the technology world. But it's funny what we're seeing now, and, and it's kind of a generational thing. So you have the original hackers that made all of their money, all of their credibility by hacking in different things. Well, they want to retire. They've had enough fun. They're done playing with stuff. So now they're selling what they have learned for pennies on the dollar to the next generation of hackers. Now you have hackers that don't have to create this foundation oh my goodness. activity. They can go ahead and leapfrog and go right to the next thing. So, you know, your driver's license, your social security card, what you did on your family vacation, what pictures you have in the in the data lakes are all subject to identifying who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so you are in your novels, obviously, I think it's obvious <laughs> at this point, it should be obvious to our listeners that you're calling out real dangers in a fictional world. Yeah. Right. So when you got started, was the idea, oh, this could be fun. Let's let's write some fiction. Or was there any thinking around a really great way to inform the world about things to watch out for is putting it in a fictional context? What what went into that formula? Well, a lot of the technology, as we'd indicated, is accurate. I mean, it's not it's not science fiction. It's science fact. This is how it works. And then how does somebody distort it to their benefit? That is the, that, that's what the bad guys do all the time. And so if you're a good guy, good gal, trying to be able to protect your company, and here's the threat vector that somebody says, hey, if you do it this way, I can get in. I can harvest information. I can export it. I can blackmail you. And then you set up this, um, this chain of uh, opportunity to be able to sell to other people. And they've actually got a black market business set up. There are the, the, uh, the people who do the reconnaissance and they sell that to people that say, okay, I want to be able to exploit this. Then they, they, they get as far as here's the numbers that I, I'm, I'm harvesting. They sell that. It's like this, this, uh, MBA program that, uh, that's for the dark net. And it, it's, it's unimaginable that the business model looks exactly like you would get if you went to, um, Harvard or, you know, some of the, uh, the other Ivy League places that says, here's how to be able to do a business. Only this is the dark net. Yeah. And you're right. Wow. It is, it was a lessons focus. We learned a long time ago. Adults don't like to be lectured. Mm-hmm. Heck, it's hard enough to lecture children and teenagers. They just don't care for it. But adults especially don't like it. So, you know, things like having a cell phone, an iPhone that costs $1,100 a copy, and not setting a password on it, that's right up there with D-U-M-B-E. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is lessons. But they're lessons that are given out if, if you don't do stuff, you have no one to blame but yourself. Yeah, yeah. Your books cover a wide range of, what shall we call them? Threats. Issues? Hacks? What? Threats. Threats. Threats, yeah. Threats. Threats. Because what they generate is, yeah. is here's an opportunity. If this is the scenario that you're in, there's somebody watching, looking for an opening to be able to camp in your network, mm-hmm. harvest all your mm-hmm. passwords, drain your bank account, you know, two-factor authentication. Oh, you can't beat that. Want to bet? Well, we've actually got some uh, some things to be able to, uh, on our website that says, 
here's some uh, here's some free tips, guys, gals that yeah. will help you to uh, stall bad guys. You can't completely beat them, but you can make it so hard that they'll go to somebody else. And uh, there's something else that is, is uh, it doesn't put a password on. They think oh, everything is wonderful. Those are those are people that they didn't get the instruction. They didn't get the memo. Okay. Or they ignored it. Right. So say so they want the easy card. So it's like, you know, you get something, any kind of software, and you, you have password. The original passwords for software is comical now when you look back on it. Original yeah. password for most software applications for a long time was password. Right. <laughs> and if you chose not to change it, it was password. And so, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing is change password. So I got to ask mm-hmm. you an honest question, Becky. Yeah. How many of your passwords match? Across your applications, at this point, very few because I have now a password program where I use the suggested strong passwords. It's possible that more that there are some that are still lingering from back before those days. So, and those yeah. passwords that they're auditioning for you and saying, "Hey, use this." Where yeah. where are you storing them? In the password program, mm-hmm. and where is that program? On your PC? Or in the cloud. Yeah. If it's in the cloud. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's on my PC. If it's on the cloud, somebody's harvesting it, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> so where can you put it? On the base or not? Why do you down and putting it underneath the keyboard? <laughs> you can you can store it locally and not store things on the cloud because the cloud is harvested by a boatload of people and programs. Mm, okay. All right. So you can store it locally you you can mm-hmm. you can write them down but some of them are so complex now i mean we recommend past phrases his favorite one is mm. i i hate my neighbor and i want to kill his dog but we don't let anybody else use that particular one i <laughs> kill his dog i just I want to buy rat poison to kill the neighbor because he parked his car on my lawn yeah okay. but, <laughs> but complex passwords are much harder for hackers to go through yeah and change mm-hmm. now don't choose uh-huh. things like your anniversary date, your husband's right. birthday, yeah. your children's mm-hmm. birthdays, you know, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. whatever events that are on social media, don't choose that as your password. Well, what happens is that a lot of times that it's called reconnaissance, Becky, mm-hmm. in the all attack vectors in the, uh, in the business world, you scan the ports, you scan the, the perimeter of the organization. Not against the law to do that. What ports are open? I know that there are known ports that are available for certain kinds of activities and stuff. And so I'll uh, take that same concept and I start scanning your perimeter, your social media, your email accounts, mm-hmm. all the people that, that you, you say, is this the fun actually fun recipe? And they copy everybody and their emails out there on your email um, list for somebody else to harvest. Oh. And then they start getting comments or emails from me from what should be, they think you, that says, yeah. oh, gosh, I, I'm, I'm being out of town. I got this problem. Would, would you send me, you know, a couple of dollars? And, and they start harvesting, they, you know, this is the way that reconnaissance works is to find out enough about you to be able to find the vulnerabilities. And these are the, the types of story threads that uh, we build into the Techno Thriller series. 
Ah, yes. So I want to I want to call out now because you're you're giving such great examples of how you as authors are providing this incredible value not only in the books that you've written but also on your website because I know that you've got those tips that are regular posts and I think this is I want to call it out because you know we have many authors who are listeners and you are using your website in a way that is creating this double benefit. And so there, I know that there are other authors out there who might then get inspired to do something in their own realm, you know, to provide some additional uh, facts that might be helpful to their audiences, even if you're writing fiction. Give back to the, to the, to the community. That's, that's the way we look. Right. That's, that's the right. marching orders. You know, even like yeah. Facebook, I'm sure that there are many listeners out there that are fans of Facebook. One of the best parts of Facebook is to share vacation photos. Hey, I'm on a boat. Hey, I'm in Bali. Hey, I'm in France. And they're sharing all these photos 90 ways from Sunday because they're on vacation. And they get home. Mm-hmm. Home's been broken into. So even if you delay that a week and show them a week later, you're, you're going to yeah. reduce the risk of having someone break into your home. I mean, it seems mm-hmm. silly. Why would anyone break into my home? Because you're not there. Right. <laughs> and they know it because you've told them. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, like fascinating. A, a new problem that we've seen people actually start to turn around on, which is uh, putting the, their kid's name on a t-shirt and then adding them outside. And then somebody realizing yeah. that, oh, if I call their name, bring them over the child abduction. Um, mm-hmm. That's the and child identity theft. Do you understand that uh, there's a whole industry on the dark net, of course, that's uh, based on harvesting children identities for sale to other people that need uh, bogus identities to be able to um, do criminal activities. It's it's a it, it's horrific. If you get too deep into it, it gets it's um yeah. it's horrifying. It's horrifying. So no, it's like, yeah. It's like if these days yeah. we have to give a social security numbers to children shortly after they're born. Hadn't always been right. that way, but now that's the way it is. You got yeah. you gotta do that so you can list them on your tax return. Yeah. All right. So they've never applied for credit, they've never gone in for any of that kind of thing. And if somebody gets all of their social security card, they can ruin that child's credit before they ever have to buy anything. Wow. Yeah. So the uh, identity theft, uh, and it, there's several different uh, flavors of it. Mm-hmm. These are the kinds of things that uh, we highlight because you know, yeah. once it's gone, we have, I've, we've talked to people at the, the shows, you know, she broke down in tears. She goes, oh, I know exactly what that's like. I'm still digging out after years of fighting for my identity back. Wow. And that's, wow. That, that sounds silly. It's like, who would steal that? It's worth money. And that's the whole mm-hmm. thing. You know, it's funny. Yeah. And the, back in the, uh, in the double O series, uh, double O years, when it's like the big joke was you can get anything you want on the, uh, on the internet except money. And now <laughs> nothing but money all over, you're just dripping with it, depending upon how you want to be able to exploit it. And that's what the bad guys are all about. I mean, that's what we write about. Yeah. Well, so, to sort of, what would, how would you summarize the impact that you as authors with your Enigma series and any other works that you're doing, how would you state what impact you would like to have 
out there in the world with your audiences? Wow, what a great question, Becky. I think what we would like to have is for people to increase their awareness. I love the idea and always have that people want to trust their neighbor, that they want to trust their friends. And I, you know, I value that I have for decades. But I think that that you can't always you can't always do that and stay safe. And so that's yeah. kind of what we want to convey. Ask a question. Yeah. It's okay. Ask twice. You know, we have a lot of a lot of people that want help and support because they're facing tough times. You know, work with the with the groups in the community that do that, whether it's the churches or the schools or the Girl Scouts or or whatever it is that you're comfortable with, rather than necessarily handing someone money. And you know, years and years and years ago, we were taught that you teach somebody a skill so that they can do better. You don't give somebody a handout so they can ask for some more. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're all about trying to train, teach, teach them the fish. Okay. To use the old tribe phrase. Okay. I admit it. It's a bit uh, dated, but um, it is still true. You, if I teach yeah. out a fish, you'll always be able to eat. Or if I teach you how to be able to be secure, you'll be able to question things that you think, I would have taken that at face value and I'd be really sorry having done that. So yeah, we're hoping yeah, to be yeah. able to give that back to the people That's beautiful. Um, that need it, yeah. that maybe don't even understand they, they need it. That's the, the really kind of unnerving piece. It's like, you don't know that this is a con? Wow. Yeah. I've been conned by great, really good people and um, money that I'll never see again. So I just soon, yeah, not let anybody else um, get whacked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's do a couple of things. If you would tell our listeners your website address, and then we're going to take a short break and come back and talk more about the audiobooks. Thank you. Yeah. So. Well, our website is www.enigmabookseries.com, all one word. And um, it'll, it'll get you to the, uh, the website, all the free stuff. It also has the uh, our monthly a raffle raffle copter for them to be able to uh, uh, sign up uh, for a, a monthly drawing if they put in a uh, review um twenty five dollar uh, card for the uh, for reviews um we will draw and we do that every month so a lot of good stuff great all right so enigma book series.com all right we're going to take a short pause and we'll come right back October 2023 is Thriller Month on Amplify Audiobooks. Don't you dare miss it. AmplifyAudiobooks.com Join me as we enter the dark and complex arena that lurks in the fascinating world of international danger and intrigue. The Enigma Series Technology is today's weapon of choice. Three Polish patriots fled the country in 1939 with a copy of the Germans' Enigma machine. They formed their powerful information brokerage organization, R-Group, to fight tyranny. Today, R-Group are cyber champions battling dark net terrorists. Their mantra is to stop the masters of digital disinformation from driving chaos into the world. Ichabod, 
an AI-enabled supercomputer, supports the R Group. Each book pits the R Group against technology threats, including data harvesting to predict the future, ransomware, disruption of commodity markets, and charlatans peddling cryptocurrency. Derek Scholes is the voice of Enigma series. Get started today on the powerful techno-thriller Enigma series at theenigmaseries.com. And now we're back. So let's talk about the, the audiobook, the series. You have how many of your series in audio right now? Technically, right now we have 13 books that are in audio. 14, excuse me, 14 books in audio. Great. But we also now have some on our website for sale, which is very exciting to us because we can make them more affordable for people. That's awesome. I love that. And so Derek Schulz is your narrator. Has he done all of your books? All except book one. All right. Yeah, different cool. financial model from that one. So, uh, but uh, mm -hmm. Derek is, uh, he's family. I, he's, uh, yeah. he, he's got that, he knows exactly the intonations, the, uh, the characters, the, uh, we spend a lot of time with him uh, on stuff and, um, we don't call him a narrator, we call him a voice actor because mm -hmm. here's a, here's a, here's somebody that knows how to be able to do male voices, female voices, young, old, um, different accents. Um, he never stumbles on the, uh, on some of the technical stuff because he actually in a technology yeah. field. Mm -hmm. He does get stumped a little bit on, on some of the Russian and the Chinese uh, things we put it, you throw out it. And I do that yeah. just to be mean. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a he's a good sport about it. And he, uh, he's um, he is the voice of the enigmas. Yeah, that's great. And tell us a little bit about how you got started with the audiobook production. What was that path for you? So when we got started with audiobook production, it was because there are people that we cater to, which is like the you know thirty to forty year olds that really were making new inroads into audiobook. They had time to listen. They didn't have time to read. Right. You know, driving in a car, being at that point in time, being in a commuter role, they could listen much easier than they could read books. Plus, it's very lightweight, right? You can take it anywhere with you, just like you can an ebook. But the, the right. audiobook, if it's done well, like with our voice actor, then you get, I mean, you get a feeling that you're being immersed into a story even better than what the writing is. So that's how we got started in it. And we did start with one uh, narrator and uh, it just, it, it didn't want to be the voice of our series. So we put out another audition for book number two and Derek fell our way. We were so delighted to have him part of the book. Yeah, what, what's, that's so great. what's funny about it is that uh, whenever we do a new book and we almost every one of them has been the same way, it's a media that we didn't expect would have the impact on us that it did. I mean, mm -hmm. sit down with your munchies and, and your favorite adult beverage. It's like, okay, we got another five chapters to listen to, and they're exciting. And we've read yeah. that. It's like, OMG. Yeah. You know, like, I, it, it, it's, it was, uh, it caught me off guard. I'm like, I, you know, I, I understand now the appetite for an audiobook because it, uh, and if it's done well, it's exciting and it, um, it really was engaging. So we know what's yeah. the point of like, we don't want any more chapters. Dang, we'll have to wait a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. 
That is exactly the way it should be. And I just also want to highlight for our listeners the fact that, like, you described your target audience so well. And I have, in other episodes, I've talked about how important it is to understand who your audience is. And so I just wanted to call that out for our listeners. So, so Becky, I have to point something out. The other thing we're finding now is the older generation, which loved reading our books, Mm -hmm. 60 60 and above, okay? They loved reading them. Their eyes are giving them trouble. So they're now flipping to audio as well. Yeah. And discovering what they've been missing all this time. Lovely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now that's great. Yeah. Is there anything about the process of the audiobooks. Now, you, you mentioned about the review process and how exciting and fun that is. Mm-hmm. Anything else about the process of producing the audiobooks that stands out to you? And maybe in ways that, especially if you think back to when you were newer in that process, maybe things that you didn't expect or surprised you in some way that other authors might also benefit from hearing you talk about. I'll give you the big one. We actually have, there's two different issues. One, a lot of times when you're writing something and you go through the storyline and you don't get the voice intonations or the accents or the characters, particularly if you're writing a thriller and you don't want to give away the story, we actually had the the, um, narrator say, uh, hey, dude, if I use this voice for this character, it'll give away some of the storyline and you'll lose some of the impact when you get to chapter 15 or so or 25. So what do you want me to do? Well, that's a good, well, I hadn't thought of that because <laughs> the voice would have given that character away and we didn't want to do that. Yeah. The other one was the uh, uh, pronunciations. Yeah. If you've got uh, any uh, foreign words, if you've got any, you know, things that like, if somebody might go, well, how do you pronounce this word? And they just stumble through it. It will reflect on, on the, on the book the uh, story like the self and so we spend a lot of time just saying okay here are the pronunciations and then we got in the habit of like oh wait a minute give some character analysis here's why we're writing it this way for this character because they're going to have this uh, aha moment down the line so uh, this is the kind of um, seasoning that you need to have in the voice projection that you use and so contextual clues thought processes Things that are, that are not yet available in, to the reader, yet you want to have masks until they're, until they're actually exposed towards the end of the book. Those are all important contextual clues for the narrator to be able to take the book so that it's, oh, wow, I'm surprised now when I get the uh, book, uh, uh, chapter 25, and it wasn't killed for me when, and back in, uh, when we first introduced that character. So those, yeah. uh, we spent a lot of time getting that information to Derek to make sure that he's not surprised and he's pacing himself and uh, designing uh, voice characters, characterizations that don't yeah. go give away the story, but are yeah. and, uh, and sometimes it's like, okay, they need to have this kind of accent. This is the, the nationality they've got. This is the, maybe they need a bit of a Texas twang to them when they talk, you know, that kind of stuff. And so mm-hmm. those are the things that um, we like to um, alert him to so that he knows how to be able to digest it. And I think speed and tempo has a factor in there as well, Becky. Yeah. 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 I think this is really great uh, for our listeners to understand that there are 
that you're you're really expressing and demonstrating how the audiobook production process can be very collaborative and works best when it is, and that there's a the tremendous amount of benefit from authors being able to collaborate in that way, being clear about the characters, the voices, the scenes that may be helpful to the narrator. We'll sometimes have, you know, scenarios where on occasion there is some surprise that the narrator in preparing didn't pick up on early enough. And then, whereas if the author had clued the narrator in, you know, then it could have been crafted even more with a, with more polish. So, wonderful. Please turn it over for recording. We may have read it, reread it, edited it, reread it 15 times before. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's like, you know, one of my, one of my kids or, you know, my, my favorite hound dog. I know it so well and they're not going to know it that well. And so it's not yeah. fair to throw it over the fence, like, here, record this. Yeah, I have some, uh, some, some clues here, guys, about what you, what you have in mind. So if you don't spend the time up front, you won't get the better, the best product possible on the outside. Right. Right. So I would like our listeners to know where they can find your books on Amplify Audiobooks. We're going to put the link in the description. So uh, that'll make it a little easier. But you can find the Enigma series, all of the, the ones that are in audio there at proaudiovoices.com slash vendor slash Enigma hyphen series. Sorry, that's so long and complicated, but it will be in the in the description and show notes so that you'll be able to access that easily. And they can also link to it from our website. So you yeah. go to the website, you can do a quick thing yeah. there. Right to your website. Beautiful. Put you right right to it, and uh, we practiced with with the uh, my beta tester on the uh, on the software. So like, uh, and it works great on um, PCs and your cell phone, which is exactly where they did to to reside. Easy peasy. Yep. Yeah, so that the easier website, so I want to call that out again, www.enigmabookseries.com. Charles Breakfield, Rox Berkey of Breakfield and Berkey, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having us. It's been an honor as always. Thank you, Becky. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.